You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. The clock is ticking. Less than 24 hours. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, uh, healthy and alive. Uh, but as far today, as... Well, what, today. Yeah, today. Yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be healthy and alive tomorrow, I, I suspect. Are you sure? Um, but, well, I mean... Uh, God willing, yeah. Uh, to use a religious phrase. Well, it could um, it could be that we might not podcast tomorrow because well, the end of the world might just happen before we get started. Yeah, I mean, it, it very well could. The inauguration happens before uh, before we record, actually. So it does. But at you least know what? the after- maybe so. I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what. Tomorrow, here's what we should do. Come in right when it's starting to to get the ball rolling, and then we'll just go. We'll keep it muted. And we'll just go. And if anything happens in the midst of it, we'll just go to it. Yeah, can do that. I mean, I'll probably have it unmuted. Yeah, and yeah, well, yeah, sure. Uh, And then Marty will be in here with us tomorrow, supposedly. Uh, So that'll be, uh, you know, another voice. And and we're going to go over some stuff tomorrow. There's a uh, there's a clip I dug up today of Klaus Schwab back in October. And well, he's just he's going to he's going to better your life, right? Right. We were going over it. Yeah. Yeah. We were going over it here just a few minutes ago. And yeah, he's, he's going to better your life. And he really has no interest in what happens and in, in who sits in the White House. He, he really doesn't seem to care if you really believe that. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about him today in the upcoming Davos meeting. That's coming up uh, or Davos, you know, Davos group, whatever. That's coming up here in a week. Is that right? Start on the 25th. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Less than a week. Yeah. It'd be uh, yeah. a work week. Well, yeah. But see, Bruce, they're working to make everyone else's lives better. And so, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're working and, and I've got a lot of other things to talk about today. Speaking of, of working on a work week, let's talk about lockdowns. Now where I'm at today, they just suddenly, all of a sudden, they just announced a hard lockdown. And I mean, a hard lockdown. You're doing this 24 hours before the presidential inauguration. No one from the government was even asked. All of a sudden it just happened. No one was consulted, not per their parliamentary procedure or anything like that. Then there was talk of a curfew. Then there's not a curfew. Then there is a curfew, but then there's not. And no one knows what's going on. Everyone's just being told not to move. And that's it. It's not suspicious at all, right? And all of this. I mean, hang on a second. She's just, hold on a second. Apparently, she's just emerged. So uh, apparently, this is what's being said. Now, that Merkel's come out and she says, this is a serious threat. I'm translating into English. She said, this is a serious threat of the mutated COVID version. You see this, Bruce? This is a, this is a mutated virus we've got to deal with now. Uh, individual cases are known. Uh-huh. Yeah, really? Yeah, okay. New lockdowns are until February 14th. Hmm. Household can meet one person. Schools are to remain closed. And follow-up of contacts through reinforcement of officials. Uh, That's the best I can do with that translation. Uh, She says that after this lockdown, all European countries have to apply the same restrictions. You know what that means, don't you? That means... Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. So we're going to see how well this is going to play out over the next few days. Because this kind of nonsense right here, that's enough of this. Uh, When I say that's enough of this, corporations and small businesses were lied to. They've been lied to from the start. And I'm going to explain here in just a bit. 
uh, because I got an email today from a place that I belong to that is a multi-million dollar corporation. And they were abiding by all the rules and all the regulations, and they thought they were doing the right thing. Now they're in a world of trouble. And I'll get to that here in just a little bit. And that's just one of many. That's one of many. Uh, Marty kind of made mention to it uh, last night. And he was talking about it, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that seems to be the uh, the consensus of what's going on right now. Is uh, the banks are empty? Uh, okay, so let's talk. Let, speaking of lockdowns, let's talk this. All right, Duke, Harvard, and Johns Hopkins experts say that COVID lockdowns will cause one million excess deaths. Did you hear what I just said? They will cause one million excess deaths. Academics from Duke, Harvard, and Johns Hopkins have concluded there will be one million excess deaths over the next two decades as a result of lockdowns. Do you idiots? And when I say idiots, I'm talking more than just your average follower politician. I'm talking about the people that are perpetuating this at an international level. Do you dumbasses not understand what you're doing? Or do you? Can you not see that these things are causing more problems than what they're solving? A working paper titled A Long-Term Impact of COVID-19 Unemployment Shock on Life Expectancy and Mortality Rates suggests that for the overall population, the increase in the death rate following COVID-19 pandemic implies a staggering 0.89% and 1.37 million excess deaths over the next 15 to 20 years, respectively. So if you say 1 million over the next 20 years, that's 136 more people a day. Well, about 137, but... Which they will classify as COVID deaths if we continue on the same trend. Which technically, I mean, it was a COVID death, technically, because it wasn't directly COVID as in the disease. It was COVID, the disease of the lockdowns. Yeah, that's a fair point. The study into how unemployment affects the mortality and life expectancy was centered around 67 years of data about unemployment. So it's not like they just conjured up this uh, this data that they scraped together over the last you know couple of months. Life expectancy and death rates from the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The paper suggests that deaths caused by the economic and societal decline as a result of the lockdowns may far exceed those immediately rated to acute COVID-19 critical illness. The recession caused by the pandemic can jeopardize population health for the next two decades. People are going to lose everything. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be worse than that because um, if all goes to plan and Biden takes office, and they institute the 100-day lockdown that he's talking about. That is literally if if the entire globe or the developed world does something similar, follows America's lead, congratulations. We have now effectively done the Great Reset. And that's what Klaus Schwab says. He says that the Great Reset is here. The road to 2030, right? We're on it. Congratulations to all you people that think that, oh, you're saving lives. Congratulations. How do you feel? How do you feel? All of you do-gooders out there that have done nothing but conform your entire lives, and now you're just conforming in a bigger way. How do you feel? Oh, if it saves just one life, right? The government's going to pay you. Well, I got news for you, jackass. That bank is empty. The authors also note that based on the emerging data, it is likely that the limited access to health care during the lockdown, temporary discontinuation of preventative care interventions, right? Yeah, that's what we've been talking about for a better part of a year now. Massive loss of employer-provided health insurance coverage and the lingering concern of the population about seeking medical care out of the fear of contracting COVID-19 will impact mortality rate and life expectancy even more severely. Do you know... I don't think people grasp it yet. I mean, how bad? And I'm asking, I'm asking in general, right? I'm not asking just you. I'm asking all you, all the listeners, everybody, how bad do you have to get hurt in order for you to wake up and understand what this is? This is by far, we played a clip here of, uh, of Jim Caviezel last week. And I don't know if you, um, 
if you remember that. But in that clip, he stated that we are facing the most evil threat that mankind has ever faced. And I see nothing less than that when I look at all this. That's what this is. This is evil. It's what the Cardinal... Uh, what the hell is his name? Juan... Uh, was was Juan he the Son one out of Mexico Son or whatever? No, Gu Guatemala. I talked about Guatemala. him yesterday. Juan Sandoval. Yeah, yeah. Juan Sandoval. Uh, it's what he talked about yesterday of what they want. This is evil. This is evil. These are evil people. These are sick, disgusting, evil people. And so are the politicians that are doing their bidding. They have no spine. They have no interest in fighting for you or me or anybody else. We, the people, they don't care about any of that stuff. They're protecting their own selfish interests. That's it. They add, we interpret these results as a strong indication that policymakers should take into consideration that severe long-run implications of such large economic recession on people's lives when deliberating on COVID-19 recovery and containment measures. They don't care what you have to say. The politicians don't care. None of them do. None of them from the start of this have given a damn about any of this. This is what I've said from the start. If you bend a knee to this, it gets worse. You don't make a deal with this. Let me... Okay. Maybe I'm being too nice. Maybe I'm not being forthcoming enough. Let me put it this way. And maybe this will throw a bucket of cold water in somebody's face. These people that are arbitrarily making these decisions, and I'm not talking about the governments, they're just henchmen doing their bidding. These people that are throwing this agenda down, the Davos group, Schwab, Gates, the corporations, all the rest of them, they want you dead. They want your family dead. Does that help wake you up a little bit, maybe? They're not interested in giving you a better life and giving you some utopia, like something out of Star Trek or something. You can throw that out the window. They don't care. The findings add that the mountains of research that already exist suggesting that the cure is worse than the problem. In October, the World Health Organization's regional director for Europe, Hans Kluge, I remember him saying this, said that governments should stop enforcing lockdowns unless it's a last resort because of the impact on other areas of health and mental well-being is more damaging. The clip we're going to be playing tomorrow of Schwab talking about how that he said this back in October, but he's talking about this time that we're in right now. That's why we're going to play it tomorrow because we're talking about this point. But in that clip, he was talking about the amount of unrest and the amount of anger that is building within the population. And he says, well, yeah, we see a lot of anger now, but we're expecting more of this and we need to prepare. Think about that. Think about that. He knows what they're doing is causing this. He knows that. And so he knows that there's going to be more of it. And so now all of these uh, procedures and all of these new regulations and all of these new ways of living are going to be imposed on you until you do what you're told. He says, well, well, we need to prepare ourselves by what? Barricading yourselves into government buildings? Oh, you're fine down there in your armored redoubt in Switzerland, at least until we can come down there and drag your sorry ass out of there in handcuffs and put you before a legitimate international tribunal for what you're doing. Because what I'm seeing and all the people that you have out there doing your bidding and all these governments and all these corporations are nothing less than international criminals that are committing crimes against humanity, in my humble opinion. The World Health Organization does say that no government should enforce another national lockdown unless it is absolutely necessary. The research says, shows that it's never absolutely necessary. It's never. Yeah, it's not. He says the damage to other health areas such as mental health, domestic violence, schools and cancer treatment is too great. His warning matched the World Health Organization special envoy, Dr. David Nabarro, who told The Spectator in an interview that world leaders should stop imposing lockdowns as a reflex reaction because they're making poor people an awful lot poorer. The warnings resonate with numerous other experts who have desperately tried to warn governments that lockdowns will end up killing more people than the virus itself, but have been largely ignored because they don't care. They are compromised. 
What what part of this do people not get? Th- this is what I don't understand is, is, okay, you have experts out there warning us. Bruce, maybe you can help me with this. Experts out there are warning governments of this, like governments actually give a damn. They don't. They don't. They haven't from the start. Back in May, when I said this, when the riot started, I said, these people don't give a damn about you, about your family, about your safety, your well-being. They don't care. They don't care. Let us burn the cities down that we're going to rebuild with corporations. And you stay locked in your house because of a virus. So what exactly is it that these people think that they're going to achieve by begging these governments? These governments don't care. The gov- Hell, the government here wasn't even consulted. They weren't even consulted. They just said, yeah, lockdown, a hard one. No one's moving. They're, they're not even consulted. These people don't care. For 70 years, seven decades, these people have run around in these out-of-control governments and international organizations that are illegitimate, and they've gotten away with all of this because they haven't been challenged. They've never been challenged on anything. And when you try to exercise your constitutional rights in whatever country you're in, you try to exercise your right to a democratic rule, you go to a polling station and you vote. And when you vote, your vote gets flushed. They don't even care about that anymore. Now they're talking about renegotiations of social contracts. You see, they broke the social contract. That's what it's all about. 1215, the Magna Carta. That was our social contract. That was us giving us property rights from the elites. That's what that was. You can go all the way back to then with it. You can argue the American Revolution and all that stuff. Yeah, that's when we broke free of a monarchy and dictatorial rule. And we launched the great experiment in self-governance, which has succeeded, I might add, that they're trying to squash because now we're seeing a resurgence of it. Marty's always made the reference that after the war, the pendulum swung too far to the left for far too long. And I, I would say that that's, that's true. But at the same time, I, I'm, I don't want to play your left and right politics. I hate that because all it does is pit one person against the other and you're giving them exactly what they want. I don't want to do that. But what you're seeing now is a pendulum that is swinging into authoritarianism of the right and the left, if you want to look at it, mo- look at it in modern terms. So I-, I was explaining this last night offline after we'd finished. I said, this is a, a nasty mix of, uh, of Marxism and-, and fascism. Well, Max- Marxism is fascism, but it's a, it's a nasty mix of, I, I guess you could say, uh, communism and-, and fascism. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But those are-, are two sides of the same coin. But it's authoritative. On top of that, they're changing the meanings of everything right in front of us. They're literally rewriting history and rewriting what we know before our very eyes. And this is why people are caught flat-footed. You don't have any idea what's going on. All this stuff, all this stuff that's going on, everything has been turned on its head. Everything's upside down because it's meant to confuse you. Same thing with COVID. Everything with COVID is meant to confuse you. It's not meant to make any sense. People have said, oh, well, this doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. I said, it's not meant to make any sense. It's meant to leave you in a state of learned helplessness. So you follow along with whatever they tell you. Germany's Minister of Economic Cooperation and Development. I'm sure he wasn't even consulted in any of this stuff today. Gerd Muller recently warned that COVID-19 lockdowns will result in one of the biggest hunger and poverty crises in history. They don't care. Again, they don't care. And you have to ask yourself why. I, I'm still trying to I'm still trying to understand that. Why? Why don't they care? You know, I, I look at all these people and I refuse to believe it's just one thing. But are we so compromised? Are we so compromised? Are we so decadent as a civilization that we've sold out to scum like Schwab and company that are in bed with the CCP? I, I tell you what. Hey, Klaus, how about you go to China? How about that? How about you pack your stuff from your your nice humble abode down there in Switzerland where you live comfortably, pack your stuff and go to Beijing. Oh, and by the way, uh, before you go, 
we're, we're just going to have to confiscate all your wealth that you've stolen. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do that. Oh, and uh, and by the way, um, we're going to take back all of the mineral rights in our industry that you and your cohorts have sold us out to, to those thieves in the Far East. Do you think if you went there with nothing and you had no influence and you had no political clout, do you think you'd be welcomed in Beijing with your compatriots? Do you think so? Because I don't. You see, Schwab, people like him, that is a piece of human garbage. That is the lowest form of life on this planet. He's a loser. I've said it before. He's a loser. Who in their right mind would follow that? That. I, I just have to jump in and say, look at the political leaders in the past that have committed atrocities. Many of them were losers themselves. Great example, Adolf Hitler. He was a failed student. Um, the highest yep. marks he had was athletics and I believe art. He wasn't even a very good artist at that. No. You know, he well, wasn't very good at that. He liked he, he appreciated art. He appreciated art, but he wasn't a very good artist himself. But I've seen a painting of his. By our standards today, he was a good artist. By uh, the standards during his time, he sucked. Fair point. And on top of that, he was a terrible writer. <laughs> he was not very good at that. But yeah, you're right. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these people, yeah, they're they're losers. I mean, that's what they are. They they come from from nothing. And I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody that comes from, uh, you know, from humble roots, but somewhere along the line, they become damaged and then they get themselves warped into this this mindset as they move up in in, uh, these political realms. When you're a person that develops a certain status, shall we say, then you also by default, unknowingly, of course, in a lot of cases, you also develop this thing called an inferiority complex. And so you tend to look at everyone else as uh, lower, shall we say, when in fact, you're the lowest form of life yourself, such as Hitler. I mean, you talk about an inferiority complex, my God, you look at Schwab, an inferiority complex. Are you kidding me? But every time you see him, he parades around as this nice, gentle old guy that's going to give you a utopia, right? Just like George Soros. Every time you see George Soros, he's always playing some kind of a victim when he's up there. He's always playing the victim like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Holocaust survivor. You sold your own people out to the Nazis. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it's just disgusting. I, I would argue that um, Soros is a Nazi himself, but I would get called an anti-Semite. Well, he was. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're collaborating with Nazis, turning in your own people. Yeah, that, that I would say, yeah, that makes you a Nazi. So, yeah, the uh, the lockdowns, that's just, um, yeah, they're, they're largely, uh, again, they're, they're being ignored because they don't care. They don't care. These are these are sick, godless, gutless cowards that run these governments. That's what they are. And they're nothing less than that. They're nothing less than that. And so you have to ask if they're winning, if they have. And when I say winning, I'm not talking about just uh, in, in the sense of, um, you know, the uh, the steps that they're taking. But if they're winning in the in the area of ideas of locking everybody down and destroying all these businesses, well, then why are they building walls around their their government buildings? Why are they doing that? Why are they also censoring people? Well, they don't they don't want anybody to spread disinformation. They go on here to say that the comments arrived after a leaked study from inside the German Ministry of the Interior revealed that the country's uh, the impact of the country's lockdown could end up killing more people than the virus due to victims of other serious illnesses not receiving treatment. Another study found that lockdowns will conservatively destroy at least seven times more years of human lives than they save. We've talked about this before, specifically on this point. You have to look at it in life years. Not as in how many people died, 
but life years. How many people went without medical treatment that are going to die early now because they had something, a disease, cancer? I mean, for example, what, 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 what happens now if the cancer was at the time they could have done something about it and extended their life and now they waited too long, it's done more damage or it's spread further and now they're going to die early? Uh, because of this, using that just as an example. With um, empty hospitals. Problems, you know, yeah, with, with empty hospitals, exactly. So this all has to be looked at in life years. And then the other part of things is the economic effect. What happens to the people that were economically well-off-ish, you know, me, m- middle class, if you will, they could afford healthcare and all that kind of stuff. And now they lost their business. Now they lost their job, whatever the case is. Now they can't afford the health insurance. What happens in the long term when they continue to not be able to get the health insurance? You're just going to say, oh, well, that, that's why we have to do universal health care. Is that the argument here? Is that is that the stance that they're going for? Well, because they have to, if they, do they have to give access. Yeah, they have to give access to to healthcare to everybody to make it more fair. You see. Oh yes, fair, equitable, blah blah blah. Yeah. No, it, what it's going to end up doing is some of the plans that we've seen, like Bernie Sanders promoting, eighty percent of it can be paid for by fining people for being wealthy. Yeah, uh, doing a wealth tax. You can only pay for eighty percent of it. And that's a 70% wealth tax over 10 years. I don't know, man. It's just like, yeah, our, our medical system screwed up and we can do things to, to fix that. Like, for example, getting rid of Obamacare, opening states up to allow states to do business with other states when it comes to medical things. You know, you live in Wyoming, you can get medical insurance out of Texas or something, you know. See, it's all about destroying what works and replacing it with something that doesn't work that they control. That That's what it's been about from the start. And I've always made that argument about like these electric cars. These electric cars are junk. They're absolute junk. Okay. Except for the Tesla. They've done a pretty good job with that. But look at the waste of like the batteries and things and the manufacturing of the batteries. The actual, like the car itself aside, I mean, they're, they're pretty decent looking cars and all. But the fact is, is that they're taking away what works and they're replacing it with something that doesn't work because it's not meant to work. It's the same thing with all of this stuff that's all this uh, all this confusion. It's not meant to make sense. It's meant to confuse you. It's meant to make you give up. That's what they want you to do. They want you to give up. They want you to give in. And I know a lot of people and people I'm talking about people that we haven't reached yet. And we're not the only ones, right? But podcasting censorship is coming. It is coming. But we're not the only ones. But I'm talking about the people that haven't been reached yet. And I don't even know if they want to be reached. But there's a lot of people out there that are in the dark. I mean, they're in the dark. You know, I see people that are walking around town. Some of them understand what's going on because they're not wearing a mask. The ones that are the sheep, they're in a mask off on a side street somewhere by themselves on a sidewalk with a mask on. They're so damn stupid. They think it's airborne. Unbelievable. If it was airborne, that they'd be dead. They'd be dead. Yeah. Uh, If this were airborne, not only would the masks not work, but there would be far more dead people. Well, I mean, really, everybody. They think there are. They think that there are the dead people. That's just it is they actually think that there are because they're listening to the TV and the social media. Yeah, Yeah, they listen to the narrative instead of looking at the actual uh, data. All right. So today I I wanted to talk about lockdowns because I I wanted I wanted to talk today about uh, something. I got an email this morning from uh, a a place that I belong to, and it's a it's a big uh, gym conglomerate. Right. So I'm I'm a big uh, I'm big into like working out and stuff like that. I always have been. But gyms here have been closed and all the gyms and everything. They were told in November, first week in November. Oddly enough, it was just the day before the election. November 2nd is when that lockdown started. End of November 2nd, starting on the morning of November 3rd. So you couldn't couldn't leave. 
after November 3rd because it's entirely possible that somebody might have been fudging with the U.S. election. Hmm. Uh, anyway, and we just happened to be locking down right before the inauguration. Hmm. Anyway, you decide, right? You you decide. So I, I belong to a, to a gym, and it's not one of these private gyms like you saw the you know the atlas gym guys in new jersey or anything like that this is a, a big thing like uh, california fitness or something it's it's like their equivalent to it here uh and it's a consortium of like um uh, different gyms and things like that big big places and cost quite a bit of money to uh to belong to one of these places but it's all about the the services that i get from it and they've been closed for uh for a couple of months so i think people are now starting to understand the fact that everybody's been lied to uh and i'm talking about the big corporations instead this is a hundred plus million dollar uh corporation that uh deals with this uh this this fitness studio and i think they're now starting to get it because the email that i got and I'm going to read it here. But it says, to this day, no receipt of the promised achievements from the federal government. So in other words, and I'm, I'm trying to roughly translate here. So in other words, when businesses were forced to close here, the government said, don't worry, we're going to offer you these loans. It's not a problem. We're going to make sure you get the money you need in order to operate in a timely manner. So there's no there's no problem. Oh, and by the way, we're, we just need you to close for just these 30 days. That's it. That's it. We, we just need the 30 days. As a matter of fact, they even called it a lockdown light, right? So it's no such thing as a lockdown light. So you see, they use these terms to make it sound not, not as bad as what it actually is. We would like to take this opportunity and express our sincere thanks to all those who stand by with us or stand, by, stand with us in this difficult time, showing understanding and solidarity and thus being in our community. So, I mean, you know, you, you go to a gym, pretty much you develop a relationship and a rapport with the people that are there, the trainers and whatnot, the staff. And that's pretty much what it is. You always, I mean, every time I've gone there, that's why I like going there. Because every time I go there, I always feel like it's a comfortable place to be. During the first lockdown, which was the 14 days to flatten the curve, we have already begun to develop a comprehensive hygiene concept in close coordination with the relevant authorities. Everyone was told... Well, if you want to reopen, then you need to put in this stuff. So put up those ridiculous do-nothing plastic barriers everywhere. Okay, so put those up. Oh, by the way, uh, you're going to have to reduce your capacity. And then when you do open, you're going to have the reduced capacity and you're going to have to cut all the machines in the workout area in half. Oh, and uh, you're going to have to uh, implement social di social distancing in a gym. Oh, the trainers are going to have to wear masks, but the people that go in there, they don't have to because they can be dangerous. And you're going to need to put hand sanitizer everywhere. So now there's hand sanitizer every time you turn around. There's a bottle stuck in your face. There's arrows on the floor like you're a damn kid. And hell, for the first couple of uh, for the first couple of months, or excuse me, for the first couple of weeks, you couldn't even get into the restroom with more than one person. You couldn't. You couldn't even. They 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 taped off the locker room. You couldn't even take a shower at the gym after a workout. Now, this gets even better. This has been supplemented over the summer months by the purchase of a special air purification equipment to give our members, employees, and guests an even more secure feeling when staying in one of our facilities. So the government said, well, if you put in all these air purification systems and UV light things and all this stuff and, and all these filters and everything, then when we get back to normal, then that's fine. You can you can reopen a lot easier once you've already got all these things in place. Is well, uh, just real quick. I, I know you're translating. Is that literally the word that they used there was feeling? Uh, yes. That reveals a little bit of their bias on this because uh, it, yeah. it makes you feel safer. Y yeah. They understand yeah. that it doesn't. Right. 
So they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, with all their facilities to put in all this special equipment to uh, <clears throat> purify the air from COVID, which is not even possible, uh, unless you're putting in uh, the, the UV zappers in every damn vent, which is, I mean, that I don't even want to think of the cost of that. So the implementation of this costly investment has now been, uh, it's, yeah, it's, they're having a little bit of a problem with it because they put all this money into it. Now they can't reopen, they can't make any revenue. But our doors have still been closed since the lockdown was announced in the beginning of November. Through many channels, we have brought you the studio feeling into the living room with live streaming courses. Yeah, it's not the same. All right. Yeah, they get into all that stuff. Nevertheless, we miss the personal contact with you very much, as do I. I like your facilities. But see, those places are designed to make you feel better. They're designed to make you healthy. Well, if there is something out there that's designed to make you feel better than something that's designed to make you healthy and keep you healthy, well, then what do you have a need for a big government to, for to keep you healthy? If you feel good, well, then you're not miserable, which is where the Davos group wants you to be. The Great Reset, you're a miserable automaton. That's what you are, if you're allowed to live. I mean that literally. Unfortunately, the online offers can only partially compensate for the, uh, yeah, for the uh, the get together. Yeah, okay. So the online stuff. So basically, what they're saying is, is yeah, this doesn't quite work. Uh, so and we understand that, but uh, unfortunately, this is what we have to do. So they say, unfortunately, despite the overwhelming solidarity in many, in our case, many thousands of members do not pay their dues and are allowed to take non-contributory breaks from their membership during the closure caused by the coronavirus. Okay, so you don't want to pay your membership. It is, uh, and I get it. It's expensive. Right? I get it. I get it. Uh, and they're talking about how they have uh, cancellations, you know, a few thousand cancellations all, you know, every month and, and all that stuff. And I can understand that. Why would you pay for a place if you can't go there? Doesn't make any sense. It says, though, they say that it is not clear how this will develop. However, it is already clear that our membership will continue to decline for the time being. As a result, we will have to accept a significant revenue loss, which will amount to more than 20 percent over the year and will be a major challenge for us. But the loss of revenue is not limited to 2020, but will extend in the coming years. We estimate that it will take a, listen to this, we estimate, and this is a multi-million dollar corporation. We estimate that it will take a year for each closed month to compensate for the economic damage. We are hoping for an early recovery, but as things stand today, no one can seriously predict how the next few weeks and months will develop. So here's, here's the thing that comes up in big, bold letters underneath that. It says, empty promises of the federal government. We feel let down. That's in big, bold type right underneath of that. So you can tell they're not too happy. Rent payments, maintenance costs, heating costs, financing, the swimming pool technology, and many other costs must also be paid during the period of the closure. Why? If you're closed and no one can access that facility in a time of such crisis, I think you should be a little bit more generous to those businesses, don't you? If you're such a, a caring government that wants to save lives, well, then you should want to save those businesses, right? Like all sectors affected by the closure, we had hoped for a rapid and we had hoped for rapid and unbureaucratic aid. Yeah. In the form of November and December aid, which again, they promised the government said, don't worry, we've got all these programs all set up, ready to go. It's no problem. All you have to do is let us know. And we we got this, as Trump put it, we got stacks of cash available for small businesses, right? Yeah. To this day, however, we, like many other companies, have not seen a penny of this. The reasons for this range from software problems on the part of the application platform to withdrawal restrictions on advanced payments of up to 50,000 euros to all institutions combined. So see, they give you a system that doesn't even work. They can't even get a system together to help you help your small business if you need it. Which, by the way, they shouldn't even be helping you because they shouldn't have put you in that position in the first place. To give you an example here in the U.S., 
I know a lot of people that haven't gotten the uh, six hundred dollars that they were supposed to get. They haven't received the hundred dollars or six hundred dollars uh, from the government yet. And in fact, the government sent the six hundred dollars, you know, the direct deposits to some major firms that help do taxes and stuff. You know, the I, I forget the name of of, of the companies, but um, I, I know some people that um, this has happened to. And their $600 was direct deposited to this company's bank accounts. So wow. they've had, a lot of people has had that happen. So the, uh, this wonderful government, you know, the uh, government's bad, okay? Yeah, and honestly, I mean, they, they all seem to be following the same, uh, the same thing here. Nothing's meant to work. None of these platforms have worked. It says we're still miles away from applying for a November aid package. A November aid package. It's almost February. Due to a lack of an existing application platform, they haven't even created this, the place for you to go and apply for it yet. To this day, it has also not been announced when further funding or aid could be requested. A look at the entire fitness industry shows that 20% of fitness companies are already fighting for their livelihoods. This is a disgrace. This is a disgrace. And I swear, I swear, you talk about anger, Schwab, son, son, you have no idea. You have no idea what you're about to unleash. None. People are angry. Oh, they're angry. And I assure you, we don't like people like you doing stuff like this. And we're going to settle it. We're going to settle it. Go ahead. You can knock me off my soapbox now. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's um, pretty clear uh, as far as what the, the company has said. I hope you're right. I hope the people of the developed world at least stand up against Schwab, the Great Reset, um, these COVID lockdowns, all this stuff. I hope they, they fight to retain their existence. Because if you don't, I did not stumble when I said the word existence. I mean that. Your, your existence, your very existence, your kids' existence, your grandkids. I mean, the future of the human race is legitimately at play here. I mean, th this if we fall into the digital dark age, you know, if we, we just sit by and let them let enact this and we get enslaved, I don't know that there's a way out. When, uh, if you bring artificial intelligence into the into the mix and you have such a huge gap between science and the average person, uh, you know, take your cell phone apart and put it back together again. Does it work? Do you know how all the components in there work? No, the average person doesn't care. There's such a huge gap between technology and our understanding of technology. The average person, if you want to put up a resistance, if the dark age, digital dark age happens, you're, you're at a loss. You're going to be going up against artificial intelligence. Good luck with that. We don't even understand some of artificial intelligence, how they come to con different conclusions. Yeah. The, and the thing is, is like the technology and, the, and everything that was brought in. I mean, it, it was, look, when we get these technological devices, these tech devices, smartphones, for example, that was something that's, I mean, this stuff's been around since the early 80s. Okay, this is 30 years old, but we only got it in the last, uh, what, 10 years, something like that, 10, 15 years, roughly. Yeah, so probably about 15 or so. They've already got their experts reverse engineering this crap and getting familiar with it and using it decades before we get our hands on it. So we're purposely held back and we're purposely behind. CD-ROMs, for example. CD-ROMs, that was patented in the 50s, but we didn't see it until the 90s. Michigan restaurant owner faces $30,000 in fines and legal fees in an effort to stay afloat during the Whitmer lockdown. So again, it's not just subject to one country here. You know, I, I, get, I get really annoyed with people that say, oh, well, you're not even in the U.S. You're not dealing with any of this COVID stuff. You have no idea. You have no idea. None. The Italians, though, the Italians have kind of taken onto the right path. They opened their businesses. They told the government to drop dead. And to be honest with you, 
uh, I don't know what's taking the German businesses so long. Open your business. Open. They're, they're not going to help the you. Or the American businesses. They're not going to help you. They have no interest in helping you. They want you shut down. Just like this case here in Michigan. $30,000 in fines and legal fees in an effort to stay afloat. They don't care about the fees. It's not about the fees. It's about destroying you. It's about destroying your livelihood. Taking everything you own. That's what it's about. The sooner the businesses get that through their heads and open, and I mean open, don't tell me people won't frequent your business. Don't tell me people won't go there. If these businesses opened, I'd be out there today. And so would everybody else. The hell with these people. If these people knew what the hell they were doing, then they wouldn't be doing any of this. They'd be saying, all right, hey, we need to continue to, to work this economy. We'll deal with the, you know, the health aspects of it as best we can, but we need to open. We need to be making money. We need tax revenue. See, they don't care about that anymore. They've robbed all the banks. It's like when you, it's like when you wake up from a you know, from a uh, like a, a shady hotel you stay in or something and you realize, oh, my God, my wallet's missing. My credit cards are gone. You've been robbed. There's no there's no money. There, there's no money in the banks. None. Marty said it the other day. Banks are empty. Now they're just going to grab everything and go like a heist. Dare I say it. Shanghai. No pun intended. Michigan restaurant owner defied the shutdown orders from Governor Gretchen Whitmer. This week, she says that she is facing thirty thousand dollars in fines and legal fees as a result. Amy Heikkinen, owner of the Cafe Rosetta in Calumet, was recently taken to was recently taken to court by the state after she kept her business open. She said she could not survive the ongoing coronavirus lockdown mandates. Sales were down 25 to 30 percent already, she said. And with only takeout orders allowed, there was another 30 percent decline. See, they don't care. They don't care. Her margin for profit said she was about uh, she was 10 to 15 percent. And it was either this uh, or we were going to close down. Or we were going to close down now, or we were going to close down later. So we decided to take a stand and fight for it. And that's what you're going to have to do. That's what you're going to have to do. If you want to survive this, ignore them. It's that simple. I, I wish it was more difficult than that. I, I really do. And I've said that before. I wish it's more difficult than that. Ignore them. If you want COVID to go away, if you want Corona to go away, if you don't want to deal with Schwab and the rest of these clowns, then ignore them. But, but if you do ignore them, then you have to understand something. They're going to come back at you with something else. See, this problem doesn't go away until we arrest these people that are involved. And when I say arrest, I mean in handcuffs, dragged before an international criminal court. That has to happen. If you want this to stop, then someone has to stop these people dead in their tracks. They have to be stopped. They've got to be stopped cold. There's no making a deal with this. There's no, oh, we're just going to get through this and we'll be on the other side. There's none of that. They have no interest in helping you. They have no interest in seeing you through this. They have no interest in saving lives. They have no interest in public health. None of it. And, you know, I feel like today that I'm actually, uh, I, I feel like I'm just sitting up here preaching, but I don't know what else to do. I, I'm, I'm really at the, end of my, at the end of my rope with this because of how just, uh, just how ridiculous this all is. And to see the censorship... <laughs> The sense, the censorship, I think, is what set me off and put me over the edge. Is the censorship, and there's still nothing. There's still nothing from people. There's still nothing. I don't get it. And I'm not talking about some violent go out there and, and be like these idiots and, and overthrow the government and all that stuff. Forget all that. All right, that that's a bunch of yahoos. There's a bunch of idiots. That's not how you get things done. Because what you're going to go overthrow the government, then what are you going to do? Right? You're going to go take on a government. Then what are you going to do? I, I love all the people that come out and say, "Oh yeah, we got to overthrow these uh, these tyrants and these dictators." You do, but you do it from a standpoint of knowledge. You don't do it from a standpoint of violence. You go to war with these people based on ideas, and your ideas win. 
Their ideas don't win, they lose. Have these people won with an idea? They haven't. They've lost. They've lost. That's why they're turning into that's why they're turning everything into a giant prison because they've lost. The minute you go into violence, it's going, it's literally mutually dis- uh, assured destruction. Yeah. Because the right have too many guns and the left have too many tanks, right? They got the military and whatnot right now. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go up and fight. The the thing is is I'm kind of of the opinion that uh, this actually won't go violent, um, at least here in America, because um, people are too people like their normal lives too much. Both the left and the right like living in America too much. This isn't normal, to, Bruce. It's normal-ish. Like you can still go home and watch your Netflix. You know, you can that still- right there. That right there. Shut the Netflix off. Shut the football off. Shut the media off and the social media. And watch how fast things change. Yeah. The thing is, is where are you going to go? Those of us in the developed world, where are you going to go? There's nowhere to go. If we start That's fighting. Point. Exactly. So what are you going to do? You're going to stand up and resist and be violent? I mean, what are you going to do then? What, what nation are you going to go to then? There is nothing else. So I don't think this will ever go violent, at least a, a kinetic war, if you will. Uh, but make no mistake, we're in a civil war right now. I mean, the, the left I think it's more than that. I think it's more than clear. that. I think it's more um, than that. Specifically in America, I think the left are, I think there is a civil war going on. But um, when you look at it from a global standpoint, there, there is a, there's a civil war going on on a global standpoint as well. You, you have those in the developed world that are, well, not even just the developed world. You have the, those that like peace and like freedom, you know, the, the, those basic things. Um, and then you have the other side that wants to rule the world, essentially. They, they want to force their ideas down on, on you uh, because they know what's better. They know they know what's best. I don't have uh, any kind of a, 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 an inkling or, or a desire to go along with some cult, right? I, I'm, not a, I'm not the cult type. If I wanted to join a cult, I'd go join the Church of Scientology, okay? I'm not going to join the cult of the United Nations. I'm not going to join the cult of Agenda 2030. I'm not going to join the cult of the Great Reset. I'm not going to join the COVID cult. None of it. It's not going to happen. And you know something? I, I might be the only, I, I might be the lone voice sitting here saying that, but there are hundreds of millions of other people that are thinking the exact same thing, rather knowingly or unknowingly at the moment. Maybe it's because it hasn't hit them hard enough yet. The only reason it's hitting me as hard as it is, is because I've been researching these idiots for decades and I can see it coming. But the average person out there who still doesn't know what end is up, they don't know yet because it hasn't affected them personally. Has it affected me personally from a financial standpoint? Yes and no. But is it hitting me as hard as a lot of other people? No. But I guarantee you, I am a thousand times more pissed off than they are because I know exactly who these people are. The average person out there that's lost their business, that's lost their job, they probably don't even know why. I know exactly why they've lost it. I know why they've lost their business. I know why they've lost their job. I know why they're about to lose their homes, their health care, all of it. And I'm not alone. But if you talk about it, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're a loon. You're a nutcase. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, that's been fact-checked. You're a crazy right-wing extremist. It's disgusting. Hmm. It's almost like the old uh, tradition of believing people for their word, you know, or taking people at their word. It's almost like you're a conspiracy theorist for for being that way. 
you know, you're a loon, you're a crazy for believing people, taking them at their word. That's literally all we're doing with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and all these other people. It's not like we're formulating some idea and coming up with something and saying, oh, look, this this dot connects here and this dot connect. No, we're, we're literally just looking at history and looking at literally what these guys are talking about and what they're saying and what they're saying they want to bring forward, policies, all that stuff. There is no dot collecting or connecting because the dots are already connected. They're literally sitting here telegraphing exactly what they're going to do. They're telling us out in the open. Uh, nobody's listening. Nobody's paying attention. Uh, I, I, I got uh, the game's going to be on. Netflix is going to be on. My kids, uh, the, the, they have a soccer game or, or a football game or whatever. I'm going to go to, you know, because those, those are still going on in some, some parts of the country. That is also the other reason this will never go kinetic. It's because it, it's long. It, yeah. As long as they have their lives or a semblance of their lives, I don't even think there's going to be any kind of civil uh, disobedience necessarily. As long as they keep a semblance of their everyday life, as long as as long as I get to keep my Netflix and my internet, and I, I you know, as long as I have a house and food, I don't, I don't really care. Well, I got news for you. I got news for you. Anybody that says that, I got news for you. Anybody that says that, okay. Let me put this in perspective and listen real good. You're not going to have any of that stuff. Oh, you're going to have it for a time. You're going to have it for a time because that's going to that's going to keep the mobs away. But let me explain something. When the money runs out, because you can't do this forever, when the money runs out and the food runs out and the power gets shut off and your water gets restricted and your TV and your internet all get turned off until you have a vaccine or you log in with internet IDs, then are you going to be paying attention? You won't be. And let me explain exactly. Let me explain why you won't be paying attention, because you'll already be dead at that point, whether physically or spiritually. It doesn't matter at that point. Either way, to me, is the same. Speaking of spiritually dead, speaking of spiritually dead, your friend, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. Great man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a stellar guy. I mean, have you seen his book about that he wrote about his leadership during the covid crisis? I mean, oh, man, it. Yeah. Is it a New York Times bestseller? I, I think it might be. I, I mean, oh man, he, he actually got a forward on that and, and made like millions of dollars on the on the uh, book. And uh-huh. he sold like a whopping like 300 copies. Was that all? Is that all he sold? But yeah. It's like three to 500, somewhere in there. It's, wow. it's wow. barely any. I mean, this he is had, a guy he, that he, he won an he international Emmy to, Award. He won an Emmy Award. Right. He seriously, it, he would have to sell something like 25 million books. To, to make the money back from the forward he or from the you know pre the 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 forwarding that he got or whatever whatever you call it in in publishing terms where they get paid all oh, the advance the book advance advance thank you advance. yeah yeah yes oh he how much did he get millions I don't remember the exact oh, amount but well, yeah it was like Obama he and the old lady you know they got a seventy million dollar book advance for a book they didn't even write yeah it's amazing and they get paid how much to do a podcast as well. Oh yeah, the Michelle Obama podcast. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, it's yeah, a good name too. Good name. I mean, you would think with all that money and all those publicists and everybody they have around them, they would come up with a better name. You know, just saying. Um, so he has decided, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, he has decided to skip the Biden the Biden inauguration. Uh, he says that um, he's not going because of uh, because of a right because of a right wing threat. Oh right, like like all those that were supposed to appear at the Capitol, you know. And how they've had different protests that were supposedly, supposedly the FBI knew about this, right? Supposedly they were saying, look, there's going to be these these armed insurrections that are going to happen at these Capitol buildings. Zero people showed up for those, Really? by the way. Zero. 
there there was um one that was done by the boogaloo boys i believe or boogaloo oh yes or interesting whatever. folks those are they're they're by the way boogaloo they're they're um anarchists so you know you you know the the crazy right wing yeah uh, uh, no, they're they're anarchists by American standards. They're left. Yeah, you know, we we still need to do that left versus right. You know, the comparison and the contrast because there's a lot of confusion when it comes to that, and it's still because I know we have a lot of European listeners. There, there's a lot of confusion here, and let me let me just clear this up real quick because we're going to do an entire podcast when we get through this craziness. We're going to do an entire podcast on this left versus right stuff because it's important to understand the extremist elements. Did you just say when we get through this craziness? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get through it oh. one of these days. One of these days. We'll have that podcast sometime in the next 15 years, I'm sure. But the, well, that's what it seems like. You know? But the mm-hmm. uh, the thing that's the thing to understand is, is that by American standards, I know that there's a there's a political divide here in Europe that's that's kind of distinguishable from the U.S. When we say in the U.S. that we're on the right, that doesn't mean the far right. That, that doesn't mean that. When we say somebody in the U.S. is on the far left, we literally mean the far left. But by European standards, someone that's on the right in America is not on the far right. They're in the middle, usually, by those standards. So when I say that the... <laughs> I made the reference uh, last uh, uh, last week, and I said I'd be willing to sit down and have the dialogue with anybody that challenges it, and go back and look at go back and look at your history. And I said the Nazi movement out of Germany was a left wing movement, and it was, it was. That was not a right wing movement. Same thing with the Marxist movement, the communist movement. That is a left wing movement. The aspect of the Nazi movement. Let me explain the aspect of a Nazi movement in Germany being on the left. Let me explain. Prior to them being the National Socialist German Workers Party, they were specifically called the German Workers Party. They were a rival Marxist party to the Communist Party of Germany, which was on the left. They were also on the left. Now, during Stalin's ascension to power in his fight with Leon Trotsky, one was for national socialism and one was for international socialism. Stalin was a better political player than Trotsky was. In fact, Stalin denounced Trotsky in his own, well, it was called a common term, uh, the, the conferences in his ascension to power. And when Stalin denounced him publicly in front of the other party members, he denounced him as what? A fascist. Called him a social fascist. Well, if he called him a social fascist, well, hold on a second. Trotsky was a Marxist. He was a far leftist. But see, you need to put your opponent under Marxism. You have to understand dialectical materialism. You have to put your opponent on the opposite side. In fact, when Hitler's armies, the German army at the time, when they invaded the Soviet Union under Operation Barbarossa, and at the same time he was attacking the UK, he was attacking Britain, a lot of his top generals were saying, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? Well, look, we've already taken all the way over to uh, we've already taken all the way over to Spain. We're, we're allied with the, the Spanish. We've already taken back uh, France, Belgium and the Netherlands. What, why are we attacking? We're, we're, we don't need to be attacking the West. We don't need to be going after that. Our enemies are Bolshevism. See, different version of Marxism. It's all down to interpretation. You have to have the struggle. There's one point and an opposing point. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis happens. And then that's the struggle. And then you have a solution. Under Marxism, that is to be the ultimate truth. Then the process repeats. I know it's very complex and it's easy enough with the current political divide to denounce someone as far right and far left. But you have to understand the underlying aspects of how they place you there to begin with. So you don't fall into that trap. That's why we don't talk about left right here. We don't claim to be left right. We're right down the middle. We call things as we see it because we make very distinct lines 
for ourselves as to what is right and what is left. A lot of people don't do that. I'm more about the free flow of ideas and the free marketplace of ideas than I am about right and left. I could give a damn about those yahoos on the right and left. I care about what somebody stands for and if it's going to benefit everybody, not just one or the other. So in order to grasp where you're going to fit in this, this spectrum, because I think that's another issue that a lot of people are dealing with is they're being labeled in all this. Now the labeling has started, right? Oh, you're on the far right. You don't agree with anybody in the, if you don't agree with, they're, they're saying that they're, they need to start banning podcasts of anybody, of anybody that thinks the election was stolen and you're a far right extremist. Well, I'm not a far right extremist. In fact, we can prove that that election was stolen. So what, we're not allowed to have opinions? And if we do have a differing of opinion from the mainstream, we're labeled as a far right extremist? I guarantee you the people that are out there doing the labeling don't have a damn clue about any of what I just explained. That's how stupid these people are. That's how ignorant these people are. These people are so stupid and they're so ignorant, they're dangerous. So before you jump into the uh, jump into the arena of far right and far left and communist and fascist and Marxist and this and that, make sure the people that are the ones that are out there doing the labeling actually understand what the hell they're talking about. All right, we're out of time. And I'm sorry I felt like I was preaching today, but I, I, when I got that email and I see that these multi-million dollar corporations are getting hammered and, and they've had enough of it, that's enough of this. That's enough of this. There's no excuse for that. All right. I would like to plug our social media platform. John Mates, the CEO of Parler, has said that the platform will be back up in the coming week. So let's hope. Uh, he says it'll be back up by the first week of February. That's well, maybe two weeks. But um, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Uh, and especially if all of our stuff was saved, that would be fantastic. But knowing Amazon, they probably just purged everything. So we'd have to start over, whatever. And I don't mind because yeah. if it's saved, great. But you know what? Even if it isn't, I don't care because I, I will start over. I'm not a quitter. I, I don't quit. I, I build. Yeah. You build. We build. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We're not one of these these lazy, lethargic bums out there that aren't going to sit here and, and just say, oh, well, we lost everything. We're in. No, we're going to start over. We're going to continue on. You know why? Because our ideas are going to win. We have the truth on our side as best we know it. That's what's going to carry us through. That's our salvation is that. Truth and righteousness. That's all you need. Again, as I mentioned yesterday, I would highly recommend people to download the application of Telegram. And I would highly recommend you register and get onto it as soon as possible. There are a number of people over there that are being called uh, refugees, social media refugees, uh, and they are now establishing platforms. As a matter of fact, one of the most prominent platforms that popped up today the Blaze has joined Telegram, and they now have an active channel over there. Uh, and I started following it this afternoon. They do some good work over there. Also, uh, Jack Basobic is now over there. The Daily Caller has joined. Who else has joined? Um, let me see. Uh, Trump is there. Uh, you can follow him there. Project Veritas is there. They do great work there. <laughs> the Babylon Bee has joined uh, Telegram as well. Stephen Crowder, I know he's part of the Blaze. He's a uh, he's a prominent uh, conservative voice, though. Uh, he's he's over there. One American News is there. Newsmax is there. Candace Owens is there. So if you're looking for uh, a good home, uh, these are uh, some of the most prominent names that are over there. Uh, and of course, you can join us when you get over there as well, because again podcast censorship is coming uh, and they're going to start pulling people down off of these platforms. But we are mirroring our podcast over on Telegram. So join our channel when you get over there. It's free to join. Uh, we, we are publicly listed, so you don't have to worry about searching and not finding us. Just search at, search for Dynamic Independence. We'll pop right up. Join our channel. Uh, and we're also going to be doing exclusive podcasts that will <laughs> soon. I think the only thing 
yeah, if, if it continues on, uh, the only thing that will happen was would be, uh, our, I think every podcast we do will be exclusive at that point because we won't be listed anywhere. But yeah, join us over there. You will get an extra podcast, maybe two a week. Don't know. Depends on how much time we have. We will be doing exclusives only in that channel. You won't get them here. Uh, but yeah, join our Telegram channel. We would really appreciate that. Also, we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience uh, as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends, family, and known associates, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast for the time being. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience or any other platform that you listen to us on that has a rating system, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks, Bruce, for being here. Thank you to all the listeners, and we will see you tomorrow.